Hello everyone, I'm Alexa Forster and I'm your host today for the special LGBTQ Takeover series for Sins and Suffers. I'm super pumped to introduce this episode to everyone today, uh, where I got to talk to Anahid Sachi. Anna is a uh, climber, they're a talented, very talented writer, uh, and an organizer for Belay All Climbing Organization, based out of Vancouver uh, area up in Canada. And overall, uh, Anahid is just an amazing non-binary human being that I felt so honored to have this conversation conversation with them last year. Um, and just a heads up, this conversation was recorded in April of 2021, so there may be a few things that are a little dated. However, there is so many great uh, topics that we got to discuss together and make each other laugh that I just hope you all enjoy. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Wouldn't it be nice if people educated themselves so that you didn't have to correct them because they didn't assume in the first place a, what any gender looks like, mm-hmm. that's inappropriate, and there's no B. That's it. Don't assume. Check it out. Hi, I'm Alexa Forster, and I'm your host today for the Sins and Suffers podcast, uh, and I use she, her pronouns, and I am so grateful to be joined uh, by Anahid Sachi today. Uh, welcome, Anahid. Thanks for having me. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. I've actually had a really, really nice weekend. Awesome. That's great to hear. And, um, yeah, uh, and you, you, uh, go by Nana as well, right? I do. Okay. Awesome. I'm just saying that now. So when people hear me call you Nana later that they know I'm talking about you and not some third person on this call that just randomly popped in, but perfect. <laughs> uh, and your pronouns are they, them, right? To start. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Um, yeah, well then let's just dive straight in and get this conversation rolling, Nana. Um, so I kind of have this set up with these questions as a basic template, but, you know, we can totally, you know, find something else. If something, uh, you know, draws you to to talk about something else, let's totally go there. Um, but one thing I love to ask people, um, is, um, you know, or actually first, just give me a brief introduction to yourself and just like who you are and where you're at in the world. Uh, physically, I am located on uh, Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territories. That's uh, in Canada, West Coast. Um, I am at a point where I'm a writer and a climber and a new, newly blossoming uh, skateboarder. <laughs> and yes. I have the bruises to show for it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I've been, I've seen you, uh, your, all your skateboarding, uh, stories on Instagram and I just my, get my so happy. My attempt videos? <laughs> no, like it's so, it's so much better than what I could do. And I just like started like skating, like, uh, like with quad skates this last summer. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel like the falling down and the bruises is all definitely part of the process. So um, it, feel, it feels like it yeah but no i've seen you like going through like a skate park and there's like all these different like ramps and stuff and you're just like 
gliding through like a pro. It looks really, it looks really good. <laughs> Those are the ones that get posted. <laughs> yeah, but, it's just yeah, like climbing, right? There's be- like all these videos that you take, um, or at least not, not everybody records themselves, but you know, sometimes you get like a cool project and you want to, you know, get you know proof that you finished this route and you got it clean or something. And there's always a nice uh, stack of images or videos that come out deleted, basically, and you never really show anybody. Um, which sometimes I don't know. I like to like take compilations of like my failing, my like failed attempts where I didn't quite you know make the move or something. And if I share something on Instagram, like in the stories, sometimes I'll try to like, you know, take those falls and just like make a quick jump cut of each fall. And I can just play yeah. all the fails basically, so everyone sees how many times it took me to get to that point. I like um, that. I yeah. think that's a really good approach. Um, I skateboard with this group called Late Bloomers Skate Club, and it's a bunch of folks who started skateboarding in their like early 30s, I guess. And then mm-hmm. now it's it's a cool space, and I have people showing me where the skate parks are and how you approach them in ways that are um, like progressive. And then yeah. they do these videos called glow ups, where mm-hmm. members put together their skate journeys for however long it could be a year it could be two years and I just did one for fun but for two months and it's all fails like it's all videos of just like just eating shit I don't know but it's Mm -hmm. fun no that's that's really cool I love that idea like late bloomers that's the name of the group you said yeah that's such a cool like organization like or club that someone started like that's such a good idea like I wish there was that for like everything like any type of activity yeah. that would be so cool if there was like a late bloomers like group like for everything basically any type of activity that you feel like you're too old to get started and like even climbing i feel like that would be a really cool idea for climbers basically and people having mm-hmm. a space for them to get into the gym basically if they feel like they're they might be too old if they don't have a friend you know like it'd be a good place yeah. to meet people your age um who are also interested in the same thing that's really cool well, and there's um, people who would laugh if you said you're 30 and you're old. So, <laughs> I mean, I am, yeah, I am 31, about to be 32 uh, in exactly a month. Um, so sometimes I f- it just depends on the people I'm around, you know, like depends on if I'm around a young, young group of people, then I might feel old. But if you're around, yeah, like, skate parks most, are usually, yeah, usually young, adolescent. More youth. Yeah, a lot more youths out there, adolescents, <laughs> and those teenagers. Um, <laughs> yeah, now I feel old just saying those words. Yeah, my 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 inspirations for a lot of things, but mm-hmm. not necessarily my peers uh, yeah. any longer. Yeah, I feel that. Oh my goodness! But no, that's 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 awesome. Um, so yes, thank you for that that little. Uh, tivot about your your skateboarding career now i'm, I'm excited to My see career. cheers <laughs> yes <laughs> see where this goes it's excited you know what i meant like skateboarding you know as your as your hobby basically it's your, mm-hmm. your i love it i'm yeah. hooked yeah that's awesome um so give me now i've heard a little bit about your skateboarding history in the last two months um i'm interested about your your climbing history and you know your your past in climbing and like what kind of got you started for sure. Um, I'm going into maybe my seventh year or so of, of climbing. Um, and I, I'm someone who grew up playing elite, like elite sports. I was a ski racer as a kid and 
then I played basketball in high school and kind of wanted to make that like my life and things didn't really go that way. But when I found climbing, it was, it was something that I understood the, the sport of it, but for the first time I didn't, uh, force myself to get better at the cost of like my identity or my emotional safety or things like that. I really wanted to understand why it always felt like it cost me more than I felt was fair to access um, something that is a vehicle. Like we use climbing to to have fun at the very least or grow or explore ourselves, our vulnerabilities, our capabilities, our, our strength in, it, it, you know, it's many iterations. And so I almost quit after a few years because I wasn't like getting it I wasn't crushing yet and I wasn't but I also refused to go to the gym (laughs) and like started climbing outside and I was vehemently like there has to be a way of not sacrificing my need for community and um all of that to like fit into this sport um Mm -hmm. And that, it was like a personal journey for me, but it also just fit into a, the broader scope of my work and my writing and where I was headed in my 20s. Um, so I started Belay All instead and just used that as a way of getting my friends climbing so that I would have community to climb with. And it worked out. And then I went to Color the Crag Festival. And that's why I still climb. Like, Gotcha. Yeah, basically going... Yeah, going to steal Alabama to find uh, proof that, you know, we choose climbing or it could be skateboarding or it could be curling, but it's really just a vehicle for, for being a good person and being in community. And mm-hmm. um, now I finally come around to training and experiencing the sport in a way that I love and I like hangboarding and I like uh, doing cool gymnastic things and bouldering hard and um, wanting to like push grades and mm-hmm. all of that. But I kind of reversed the order um, yeah. th- for this activity because I, I just needed to believe that I, it didn't have to cost me what it did and, or what it, what it, what it would have and like what all the other sports I ever played did, mm-hmm. which was like conform and then you'll be good and then you can do what you want. Uh, and like have it your way and that didn't sit right with me and it doesn't sit right with a lot of people yeah so So I'm curious you said based on like you you were growing up into sports like constantly in your youth like in school and everything in elite programs and you said you got to climbing and it was not something you automatically like clicked with or like you said it wasn't like the the means for like were you talking about like the the cost of it the cost of entry were you talking about or was it something else that the culture of it the culture okay so that was the main thing okay yeah there's more than one thing so it's like this culture of climbing Mm -hmm. at that point you said seven years now right so Mm -hmm. seven years ago um i can't speak to what the culture was like then um because i've only been climbing um since the beginning of 2019 um and yeah so i can't really speak of it but i know it has grown and it has changed for a, sure a, a a good bit in those last seven years for sure but that doesn't mean to say that there's still things that can't be done um and things that needed that need to be done still um 
so yeah, it's interesting hearing your perspective from, you know, your part of the world, like up there in, in Canada, because I had such a like, and it's, it's so like, I'm always like, I've never met anyone else who started climbing outside actually. And then oh, nice. just refused to go to the gym. But like, <laughs> yeah, like seven years ago, like I always tell people like now that I rock climb and it's just part of who I am basically. Like, I feel like that's, a, that's a lot of climbers basically. It's just a part of who they are now and they wear it like a badge of honor. But yeah, I think climbing has come a certain um, degree or like maybe it's just like my awareness of the world has definitely changed and grown in those last in like my past few years. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I feel like if I would have been offered to climb when I was younger, like I would have turned it down. Like, I'm I like, mean, I, I did. Yeah, and exactly. I, I didn't like, remember because it was so foreign. Yeah, it was such a foreign thing. And it wasn't until I was in my, I mean, I mean, it's two years ago. I'm not really wanting to do math. So like 29, basically, um, whenever I was actually introduced into climbing. And that was basically because I had a friend who, you know, invited me to do it. You know, she was queer and she, you know, her girlfriend got her into it. So I just saw it as like a nice, you know, kind of like queer sport that I could get into and that there was people who were also, you know, sort of like me in the LGBT community that I'd be able to like, you know, hang out with and, you know, see my friends Mm -hmm. there. And so I just, you know, tried it out and was very surprised from, you know, the expectation that I kind of had built up in my head from all those years of like seeing it and like hearing it be such a like, you know, kind of macho sport um, was nice to see that kind of like, um, stereotype broken down when I actually got to the gym. Um, but no, that's, yeah, that's so interesting. You were like saying how you weren't really interested in these gym climbs or anything at all. And then that's what led you to create Belay for All, right? Yeah, just Belay okay. All. Belay All, okay. I'm sorry. Belay All, <laughs> no, that sounds okay. better. You should definitely stick with that name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I printed it on stuff, so. Yeah, you're kind of like all the way in now. It's just, that's good. Um, yeah, Belay All, that's the name, y'all. <laughs> I just realized same, same. that rhyme too. But you probably don't use the word y'all up there too much. And, um, uh, yeah. Or is it, no? Yeah. I think, it, I think, I mean, I, I think for a, like a gender neutral way of yeah. referring to groups of Y'all people is a great gender neutral yeah. way to refer to people a little side note for anyone who's interested <laughs> in how to refer to groups of people yeah. without like wanting to misgender anybody you can just go you can just go hey y'all and you're yeah. not you're being inclusive all at I once definitely, yeah and sounding like you're from the south it's great <laughs> well but then there's that which is like yeah the south it's like a there's a particular cultural aspect to that that i still gets me yeah I'm, I'm sitting with that one i don't know i yeah. i like it and i um i use it sometimes if my brain is like be gender neutral and mm-hmm. i i think i use folks folks is more good. than anything yeah yeah i really enjoy that one um but yeah there's schools of thought around that that i appreciate <laughs> i just grew up here so i'm just used it's just like ingrained in my head but I can definitely see there is like an, a different perspective having not grown up in it. And um, yeah, so I can definitely see that and understand where it's, it's, it's different, you know, different areas, different, different people understanding of 
different cultures and how people come up with language basically so and language cool. is there to like you know serve mm -hmm. so there's having an abundance mentality and being like there are plenty of words and if they don't exist we should make more yes exactly because all words are made up basically so this is true this is just like <laughs> what happens words get made up and they get used basically um but yeah oof that's just so much we and i want to come back to in a little bit we'll come back to blay all um and cool. be able to go a little bit deeper into um belay all basically or actually let's just do it now like we're already talking about it i don't want to forget about it so <laughs> you you kind of set it up a second ago saying that you started belay all because you didn't want to go to the gym because you didn't have anyone who you know any of your community or anyone represented you in the gym right uh up in canada so like walk me through that process yeah i mean there 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 are groups of of folks at the gym that are definitely queer or like there's um racialized folks at the gym in vancouver it's a diverse enough place that even with the cost and even with the barriers to access um you know relative to other places the culture of the gym the the like who you can meet there you meet mm -hmm. lovely people there and yeah. i think if i was looking for friends like i think if i was just looking to like meet new people um that alone might have been like an okay hurdle but mm -hmm. i was i was looking for like infrastructure like i was looking for support for my community in ways that just didn't exist um even outside of the gym i see what you're saying right? yeah so at least at the crag like i didn't like i had you know collected gear over time and me and my partner started like my my ex-partner started bully all together um as a way to pull gear and resources and just use climbing to help build community because to us it just made sense um to to address and just get rid of all of the things that were barriers someone was like oh i would never climb because everything's so expensive or i would never climb i don't have a car i would never climb because i'm not strong <laughs> I would never climb because white dudes <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and that was it. And we were like, okay, we have gear. We have a car. We have the ability to set up a top rope and neither one of us is a white dude and we're not going to replicate that behavior. Now, do you want to try climbing? And they would say, hell yeah. <laughs> so that tells me something. And it's, yeah. and it just like, it didn't start with climbing either. It's just, I love climbing. I tried it outside. I was hooked. And it, I was extra. I don't know. It's like tourist season right now, and I'm learning about tourist season as a tourist, <laughs> <laughs> and how it's like a big everyone chill and just like be a good person, but mm -hmm. also very stubbornly be a good person in these particular ways. <laughs> so maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, I love like everything that you just said there about like the reasons that you did it. Like you had. You know, it sounds like you had people in mind that you were trying to introduce and you tried to introduce to climbing this new, you know, found like love that you had for climbing outside. And you wanted to share that with people that are like you and then seeing, you know, all of the doubts that people kind of had about climbing and you wanted to be able to remove all of that. And that's such that's such a brilliant and amazing thing that you're able to do with like the help and like all the support that you had like i'm sure it wasn't you know right now you've told me that you know uh you've been able to move it into the gym now 
Um, but for the start of it, like that's, that's a lot of work and things that you had to, you know, to do to make that work. So I just, you know, applaud you for going through all of that and starting. It's, it's so interesting you say (laughs) that, like you just had like this fire, basically, it sounds like from your first time climbing outside, uh, or I guess your first time climbing ever, which was outside, um, well, technically, I tried it as a kid. I just, yeah, I, I did not assume. I tried it at a camp, and I was like, "That's a thing white people do, like camping." <laughs> I grew up here. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I did not. Yeah, it was only when I moved back here as an adult after university that I was like, "Oh shit!" And it began with climbing. Mm-hmm. It was also a way of getting to know the place I I grew up. Yeah, because you just didn't spend any time. I guess, outside. Not in the way that it's uh, marketed here. I spent plenty mm-hmm. of time outside. Yeah, you just know? nothing just not... like outside climbing or like nature, like camping, like you were saying. Um, yeah, no, not camping. Yeah. <laughs> My so parents uh, did not have time for that. It's just, it, it reminds me of uh, Trevor Noah um, has a bit of old stand-up, <laughs> basically, where he talks about how he doesn't see how white people love to camp. And he's like, I grew up in that shit so i don't need like i'm awfully just like you know trying to summarize what he said um but he's you know i grew up in that shit i don't need to to go and like pay money pay a lot of money to live in that same you know circumstance um which is very accurate camping has a very expensive kind of entry to get the things you need to to be safe um to have shelter to have water to you know to be able to get there with the car like you said um there's a lot of um <clears throat> entrance fees to get to get past it um so yeah i can see why it never had interest for you know anyone who had to grow up in a situation like that or even if they didn't grow up in a situation like their parents didn't have the cost to to do it um and yeah like i grew up camping a little bit but it didn't really i never really enjoyed the experience too much um or had any like special thing connection with it. It was just something that we did. And I wasn't really like, I was privileged to be able to go camping a little bit growing up, but I wasn't really a fan of it, mm-hmm. but I was getting sidetracked. But going back to what you just said about like having this passion, basically about climbing for the first time and getting to do that outside. Like I finally had that opportunity myself just last weekend to go climb outside. And it was like, it was just like actually going to the gym all over again for the first time and like getting on getting on a top rope for the first time but it's outside and it's it's super different it's so different it's it's so like just like a few words to recap the whole experience like it was so amazing and i was so happy and excited the whole time but it was also in the beginning one of the most terrifying um and like anxious things that i have done since starting climbing basically like starting in where the did gym. you go um, so I went to, uh, Horseshoe, uh, Canyon Ranch, um, in Arkansas, which right now is not the best place, uh, as a trans person for me to be going. No. But oh, it so was sorry. like, I know I, I had so many second it's thoughts not funny, but you're, it's just, and it's, you I had know. so many second thoughts to go because of what was going mm. on in their mm-hmm. local government. And I was just like, do I like just cancel on this trip and not go based on like their government and what they're doing right now to exclude, you know, trans youth from, you know, being able to participate in sports and like also like 
completely shutting out trans youth from access to healthcare. Um, just really had me so angry and wanting to just like cancel my trip. Um, and then like the day before I left, I think I saw something about a law that they were proposing that would allow um, people to sue other people for using the bathroom that they, you know, for the gender they identified with. Like that was like something that was Ugh. just getting mentioned and started. I don't know what, what the process is where it's at right now, but that just made me even more upset. Um, but yeah, all those things aside, like it's something that I have no control over. And I realize like, that's something I can't control and I can't let that come in between me and like finally getting to climb outside. Well, and getting to, to like, yeah. live your life and, and experience exactly. things that give you joy. Yeah. Like, so I was, I was really nervous on the aspect of going to Arkansas as a, as a trans woman and like just traveling. Um, but luckily I went with a group of people who were all experienced um, and have climbed at Horseshoe a ton of times. So I knew going there, I would be, you know, safe in the sense of like knowing where to climb, where not to climb, um, and for people to help, you know, set up a top rope for me. And um, that's huge. Yeah. I'm so glad. Like, so basically, through my, you know, a little over two years at the gym, um, making these new friends and connections that were able to, you know, thought I was a cool enough person to invite on a climbing trip with them. So I'm really grateful <laughs> to have made those friends. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so like all that said, basically, to just get to the point that like, I totally get what you're saying about climbing and wanting to make it accessible for everyone. And like, I'm so um, proud of you for doing that. And like also curious on like ways to like keep on doing that in like my area base, even though there's not like, there's, there's a place like an hour and a half away called mineral wells in Texas is like the closest place for Dallas Fort Worth people mm -hmm. to climb outside. And it's got some, some top rope and lead stuff out there that you can do haven't been yet but I, I just want to be able to create an experience like you did for people like you i just want to help create an experience like that for you know queer folks trans folks whatever like mm -hmm. to be able to go climb outside because it's such a different experience from climbing in the gym and it's just yeah i, yeah. I can't wait to go back and do it again but oh, i'm trying great. to like figure out so yeah that's just been in the back of my head for the last week now well, and the pandemic and doesn't doesn't make it easy. Yeah, like, to have space. I mean, literally, just climbing with you is revolutionary because, you know, you're learning, and then you're a teacher because culturally, like, you're not a cis white man hoarding mm -hmm. power and resources and gatekeeping information. Just that's mm -hmm. the culture. It just is, and that's like how capitalism sustains itself, and that's the cliff notes. <laughs> and then, um. <laughs> just learning from you is disruptive and then just being just yeah being at the crag together or like it doesn't take much to do this work it's just uh a different lens and so mm -hmm. a lot of the time people talk about diversity but they don't actually mean giving people like the power to do things mm -hmm. and the resources to do things and just gather in space and like do the thing they want the story or they want the image but they don't want like the lived experience or reality. Yeah. So. They want like the headline to say that they did this like good thing and helping support this community basically. But like, where's the follow through, mm. you know, like if yeah. you're, if you're saying and it's context you're going to specific, 
yeah context is very very important that's just like a very loose kind of like you know idea but of having it like something that you're actually like supporting and it's a constant support um well yeah, yeah. and if, are we all aligned in where we're trying to get to mm-hmm. like in 2018 when i started belay all i didn't feel in alignment with my gym about being doing everything from a social justice perspective people mm-hmm. are like oh my god why are you making such a big deal out of rock climbing and i'm like because everything is political and <laughs> if you don't get it i don't want to have to be the person to to help you get it like have a nice mm-hmm. life i have shit i gotta do yeah but when people get it they get it and everyone's learning on their own timeline and bless we were all brainwashed growing up so <laughs> like having a good perspective and teaching from that place is revolutionary it's it really it really doesn't take much and that's why i love skateboarding it could have been curling i'm really glad it was skateboarding but like it's <laughs> it's the first time in my life that i've walked into a space that just already had this lens built in and that's not the sport like skateboarding has the same bullshit dominant culture mm-hmm. toxic masculine just yeah. gross and then in and amongst that there's like definitely nuance but the community that i'm getting to know feels very related to belay all and to all of the communities in the states and the work that mario is doing and the work that you're doing um that just feels really good i don't have a point this is a tangent no it's i love it that's i just love how you just tied that all in like yeah basically what i heard was you're so into skateboarding now based on the community that you found you know at the beginning now for your skateboarding journey and it's reminding you of climbing or for it's reminding you of your you know belay all group basically because you had this community that was a safe space that understood exactly what it's like to be a member of that community and like to be you know uh an indigenous person or a person of color or a queer person basically um and allowing you to be in that space and to be seen and be heard and like be valued. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone yeah. deserves to be. <laughs> well, it's literally the apocalypse. I don't really <laughs> know any other way of getting through it if we don't build really good communities with each other. And if that's something that hasn't been intentional in spaces before, mm-hmm. then that's what needs to happen. And I'm really happy to say that my climbing gym is has facets that are like a lot better to work with now because there's people on the inside that are mm-hmm. really aligned with like social justice as a priority and not just mm-hmm. like a thing to tack on at the end. But it's hard. Like the like climbing was started in in or through whiteness and anything that was started through whiteness is just inherently just going to have a lot to undo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's work to be done there, like, if there is everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, uh, I kind of have an idea what you might say, but I'm still, I still want to ask you. Um, sure. And this is, this is a good one. I love to hear different responses for this one. It's, why do you climb and what keeps you coming back? You said some stuff earlier um, that really resonated with me. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but <laughs> you mentioned um, like even through the gym now, you found like this other sense of community that's probably a little bit different from climbing outside um, mm. or maybe it's similar. 
and the fact that you're able to um get so many things out of it i think you even said uh something about being vulnerable and um yeah so i'm just yeah. curious what if you could expand on that a little bit now that i have this kind of question framed up for, for absolutely that. i mean i took a pause just to my brain does this thing where i answer like seven different ways at once and then I'm like, oh, my God, which one's the right answer? Which and then I the calm best? down and I'm like, they're all fine. Just ramble and it'll be fine. Um, but I really appreciate that since Color the Craig, I have peers who are also grassroots organizers who we talk a lot about what it means to model community building through climbing. And... I started climbing because I, I wanted a sense of belonging and I, I found a thing that I immediately it clicked why people do it because mm -hmm. I, I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this centers me, this grounds me, I get to hang out outside and eat snacks, like perks of living where I live, holy shit, what an amazing thing. But it wasn't enough to sustain me in the sport because that's like a hella entitled reason to do something what is the other side of that and then it took me time to be able to justify how much money and how much time people put into getting better at climbing and i'm not going to speak for anybody else's reason why they climb and take away whatever is really valid about why they do it but for me i really dug for like something that could sustain me and then when i found people who wanted to build community and use climbing as a vehicle for social change, then I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like <laughs> this is amazing. And so I probably didn't climb with many people who climbed harder grades than me for years. I mostly was at the crag with people who were beginners and like burned through gear and um, didn't really give a shit about what grade I climbed. I was trying, but mm -hmm. it was actually, emotionally really hard um because i was like draining all of my adrenal glands every time i climbed like a 511 plus oh my gosh so very cool thing happened and this year i'm part of the scarpa um athlete mentorship initiative really and congratulations yeah thank you i just talked to somebody else uh claire um, oh cool yeah yeah i just great. talked to them the other week yeah i, I love her she's she's great mm -hmm. so that program is affording me uh, a sense of, of balance where I'm setting goals with my mentor, who's Elena Yip, who is the sweetest human being I think I've ever met. Um, and I'm, I'm training and can finally feel okay not trying to solve the world's problems all the time. Because as a writer, I also focus on being a bit of a whistleblower and being like, hey, <laughs> did anyone? Did anyone else notice the thing in this movie or the thing in the thing? And that kind of puts me out in the public in a really um, certain kind of way mm -hmm. and open to certain kinds of feedback. Um, <laughs> and then I, I, with my writing, I've also found a balance where I enjoy writing fiction and I'm focusing on my art. Uh, it's not my job to always write about the racism. And then in my climbing, it's not my job to get through all the barriers maybe a certain few and then i just really quietly want to crush <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's like, like i want to i want to do a one-armed pull-up like i do i want to do like that really cool thing that 
I see, I don't know, like Alex Puccio doing on my Instagram or like mm-hmm. Body on Route, like Jocelyn Corridor is someone that I really admire. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's balanced out. It's just yeah. that's also because I have calibrated with a measure of privilege and perspective in, in how I want to apply it. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's, you just, that was the best answer out of all seven that you had. That was the best one for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but like, no, I loved like, just like everything you said about, um, like, you know, now like you're focusing on wanting to crush it, you know, like training and trying to get better, but you also have that balance for trying to make it a more, uh, open community project to welcome people in that wouldn't have, you know, access to, to be there. So I love that you're able to work on all of it and balance it and not, you know, kill yourself in the process of trying to make it work for every single person because there's only so much as a single human being that we can do. And knowing your limitations is so important. Yeah. And I mean, not to like martyr myself either. Yeah. I've, I've been fortunate to like have mentorship through um, like Brown Girls Climb and through Danielle Williams from Melanin Base Camp. Um, being really good about the fact that like there are already amazing populations of like BIPOC and queer and trans um, and discerning between all of those identities, but Mm -hmm. they exist. And so there is nuance within nuance within nuance in and around all of this. And like, we can all kind of infiltrate (laughs) in certain ways and like, together work together and make our own thing. Like Belayal doesn't necessarily need like white people to get on board or like cis dudes to get on board with what we're doing. We're doing what we're doing because it's important and it's like how to survive an apocalypse. And that's not like a, an approach that was invented yesterday. It's, it's mm-hmm. from like ancient cultures. Yeah. And I grew up with that embedded into being an Iranian person, but more importantly, like learning from indigenous matriarchs here from like the Squamish nation and hearing them talk about um, being obligated, you know, from seven generations back, seven generations into the future. Um, Wait, I lost my train of thought again, but all of that sounded really important. It it was really good. Yeah. Uh, it's second. It's time for second coffee, I think. Yeah, second coffee. That's good. That's a good <laughs> idea. I can remember I was when I was last week when I was climbing. I was like, okay, I had breakfast. Now it's time for second breakfast. It's perfect. Um, um I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and ask yeah, my can... my person upstairs to bring my laptop charger downstairs. <laughs> totally via, cool. Via text. Yes, totally fine. We can just leave this running basically and just say we're gonna cut here wait for laptop charger and for you to go get get a some second coffee in there oh um, no i won't get second coffee okay. i think i'll have it after okay less. perfect no yeah of course i want to be like we can totally pause here and let you, uh but yeah if they're gonna bring the charger that works too um yes okay I'm trying to just do you want to wait for them to get the charger to make sure it's good or uh, no i should be okay okay if yeah. it if it gets if it gets lower than but it should be fun okay i'll cool. say pause again <laughs> yeah you'll say pause again whenever they come to your yes, door or whatever you. and then we can okay cool okay cool 
Um, awesome. I'm just trying to dive back into it. So we did the why do you climb um, part, and that was I love that um, because I I totally agree for so many things that you said. Like for me, especially like climbing. I like how you said that it gave you a sense of belonging. Like I feel like that's something you said. Like I I haven't ever really noticed that before like even with myself but hearing you say it like yeah like it was such a good thing for me uh because I was a year into uh my transition basically when I started climbing Mm because I started or no I was like almost a year basically um because I started my transition uh like uh in the first part of 2018 and then so the beginning of 2019 so I got into climbing and um I had just like started the year previously, like really focusing on my health for the first time in my life and trying to take care of myself um, physically and just like watching my diet um, from where I had in the past and just not really like worried about, you know, my food intake um, and was like the healthiest, getting to the healthiest point that I've ever been. Um, With COVID, some of those things have slid a little bit (laughs) um, for mental health reasons but working on it now, but at that point, it was like I was in the best kind of shape that I would ever been in physically, mm-hmm. and this isn't to say that you have to be physically fit to climb. That's not what I'm saying, but for me, it was just like the perfect time to get into it because I was able to just like start um, getting on the wall and just like able to just progress in ways I wouldn't be able to in my past, and I just, I don't know, I found it very... Um, I've, I've, I've heard other people say it and like, I love the fact that it's very grounding and it Mm. keeps you in the present basically. Like if you're not present while you're climbing, you're not, you're probably not going to do too well. (laughs) Like you're probably going to be coming off the wall quite a bit if you're not able to be focused in that, in that moment on on that certain move. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I find myself going to the gym to go climb, um, when my head's just really full uh, of emotions or I have things going on that I'm just like having a hard time dealing with I can go to the gym and really presence myself to climbing and it kind of just kind of helps reset my frame of mind and being grateful for that experience of climbing and like what I was able to achieve on that you know day of the climb or whatever and take that you know that grounded feeling and be able to try to apply that to the emotions that I was going through earlier is very cool. Yeah, I think I saw it was some like queer uh Instagram like climbing organization and they said can climbing be, you know, healing and I would totally 100% agree that climbing is one of the most like healing therapeutic sports that I have ever been a part of. Um, I mean, me too. I think that's why I fight so hard to have people able to access it because it's that's the struggle. Like if you're climbing and that's where it doesn't matter what grade or where or how you're accessing the actual activity, mm-hmm. it's already completely consuming in a way that can give back, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like I really connect with it. Um, and that's not trivial, mm-hmm. but the culture of the sport and sports culture in general, and then also the culture of white spaces, uh, capitalist spaces, male spaces, they put obstacles in the way of people being able to do that. And I don't think that's okay. Yeah. 
We need to demolish these obstacles. <laughs> demolish. Let me yes. go get my bulldozer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's time to take it's down pink. the patriarchy. Yes. I love my my sticker. I got um yes. I'm gonna show you but nobody else, obviously. Um this crush the patriarchy uh sticker that I love so much. Um, I think do you think it looks like a uterus on purpose? <laughs> or is um, that subliminal? <laughs> we're hold on. We're we're I don't think which part are you saying? So the fist holding the care the quick draw, yeah, right, also kind of looks like a uterus. Oh my gosh, I never <laughs> saw that or <laughs> recognition, but I'm sure like that might have been part of that. That's also maybe a hundred percent my unconscious bias <laughs> becoming conscious. I just I don't know. I like everything about this, and they have like the little uh, figure eight like you know tie on the bottom there. Um, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. a nice little touch. Um. But yeah, just need to just crush it. Um, yes, please. Fresh start. Um, okay, yeah, we're going really far here. I love it. Um, <laughs> I say but... that at my meetups, though. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. thanks for being here. Um, I know this workshop is to uh, smash the patriarchy, but you know, just by being here, you're you're already kind of doing that. So yeah. <laughs> let's just no, climb. That's 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 awesome. Um, yes. Um, I totally just had the, the thought and it disappeared. It's okay. I think I interrupted you. Sorry. Um, no, you're totally good. I just got distracted because of what you were saying about, you know, uh, I just said, you know, I just need to crush it and it reminded me of my sticker. Um, but no, this sticker, I think it's from a company, uh, Permagumby. I mm-hmm. think that's the name. Yeah, right. okay, that was them. Yeah. And they, I found them last year during COVID. Um, and the last I saw, they were closing, which made I me think you're right, really which sad. Is sad. I'm just because it was like it's a, because all... they're on to different equally amazing projects, but I don't I, know I for hope sure. So I, I need to look into that and double check. But I was able to get on their closing sale that sticker and a pair of really cute leggings. Um, <gasps> their leggings are so, fantastic. Yeah, I was really sad that like I didn't find them sooner because I I would have bought more stuff um, to support them. But yes, um. Yeah, because they were like all femme, right? Company, right? And were they also like queer led as well? Or was it just like it was like an all femme uh, company in the US? I don't know for sure because I don't actually know exactly. I have a sense, but I don't want to say because I'm not sure. But yeah, it's, it gives me queer vibes and I love it. Yeah, it definitely did give me queer vibes. But I just remember it was like all femme company. I think it was out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just saying all these things, you know. This can go in the show notes. Off of thoughts yes i will definitely um work on finding some information that i can put in the show notes later um and also everything for blay all will also be in the show notes for anyone else oh we also uh might be rolling out some merch Ooh, just shamelessly yes. plug that so that i actually oh, yeah, get around to doing plug it away. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna also have links for blay all merch um for nana's amazing um, for the shop that definitely exists it does it does but it will it, like, it will soon if you go there right now it's just there oh my god people will be <laughs> when does this, this air <laughs> oh, no. uh, i'm hoping to like put these uh start they're not gonna all go up at once they'll be one at a time but yeah i'm so excited to see some of this merch for belay all um whenever it's you know up in in the uh, interwebs to be purchased that's exciting summer 2021 summer 2021 you heard it here first everybody <laughs> um oh, yeah. yes perfect um yeah i love that question why do you climb it's just ugh. And talking to other climbers it's just one of my favorite things to hear people just talk about it's 
It's, it's so really good. humanizing. It's it nice. It is. Like even it, talking about it, it definitely brings, is. Like centers you or grounds you. Yeah. Like there was, like, kind of going back to what I was saying about like, why I climb and stuff about like this last weekend getting to climb outside for the first time. Like most of the time, I'm climbing in the gym and I'm finding some other queer woman or just even you know cis straight women to climb with most of the time has been kind of what I've found myself you know flowing towards but Mm -hmm. on this last climbing trip it was predominantly more you know cis dudes there than anything else like it was me um my friend Erica who invited me and she's been climbing for years and basically Erica is like the glue and like brought everyone in this group together that comes climbing. So it's kind of cool that like, so she's the glue that holds it all together. And then there was one other queer person, uh, his name's Sean and he was there as well. And I've known him, uh, through her for since last summer and cool. everyone else was, you know, straight cis, you know, person. And there was like one other, uh, girl there, uh, with her boyfriend, uh, Stephanie. And she was, super nice i rode in with her and her boyfriend but i just like realized like this trip was the most time that i spent with you know cis dudes like white cis men basically for the first time like in forever like the most time i'd spent around you know you know cis the white cis dudes which i haven't had the best experiences with in the past um so kind of going on the trip, I kind of was a little nervous as a trans woman to go on this, you know, kind of extended weekend trip because right. most days, you know, I'm in the gym and I'll, you know, I'll see them there and I'll climb with them sometimes um, with the other group of people. And I'm just like, don't really know, you know, how they necessarily feel about me being there or like in the gym or if they're just being polite um, or where they, you know, where they kind of stand um Mm -hmm. in terms of how they see things um and i didn't necessarily talk about that with them but just spending the time with them this last weekend definitely helped i think open my eyes to maybe kind of like i might have been you know had this this identifier for like all white cis men as being like a bad you know person and that's not necessarily the case like there's like good you know white cis folks out there and they're supportive and like they want you to be there and like can respect you just as much as the next person should be respected so yeah it was it was good for me to get that but at the same time i had this idea of like i really would like to be with a group of like other like you know queer folks or trans folks like like i mentioned before like i you know been climbing in the gym for two years almost two and a half now and I finally met another trans woman like two years into climbing in the gym. Yeah, I mean, or yeah. I finally Sorry, met another ahead. trans woman who like you know came out to me. Basically, I might have like accidentally climbed with somebody uh, and not realized it, but uh, like, um, yeah. So yeah. finally, after two years, like I met you know this other woman climbing who's like me, and it was just like the greatest experience, basically. Um, yeah. to ha- that I've had in the gym. One of the greatest experiences I've had in the gym so mm-hmm. far. So I just thought about it when I was out like climbing. I'm just like, I love this. Everyone here is like super great and supportive of me. But part of me wants more. <laughs> I want to be able to share this 
with other people like me, basically. So I can't, I really get that feeling that you had, I, or at least I can, I think I can get that feeling that you had about climbing outside the first time and mm-hmm. wanting to be able to share that with other people like you. It's, it's so interesting how that just automatically just is like a trigger response in your brain, I think. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just something I wanted to share for some reason. Um, yeah, Thanks for sharing. totally, totally sidetracked there. Um, <laughs> oh, of course good. you're welcome. Um, <laughs> and okay. So here's, here's, here's a doozy now. Um, so what are your thoughts? And I'll preface this by saying, I understand and I've learned a lot so far with hosting this, these episodes is that like climbing culture is its own thing and it's different to like almost every area that you go to is going to have a somewhat different culture. And so um, I try to keep that in mind whenever I, you know, think about how awesome climbing culture is for me in my gym, because I get a very like welcoming and accepting, you know, gym that's very progressive and pushing towards, uh, you know, making the right steps and trying to <clears throat> create more, um, spaces for um you know anyone who's ever been a minority basically to be able to access the sport in the gym um and i know that's not the case for everyone so i have to remind myself anytime i start thinking about how good the culture is that this is only a small you know piece of the pie when it comes to the climbing community it's not the whole thing so i i like to ask you know what are your thoughts on today's climbing culture so like you know for you where you're at in, in, uh, outside of Vancouver, right? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on today's climbing culture and community? And then, um, second part, kind of like the most, you know, juiciest part of the question is what can we do to improve, you know, the community? Um, yeah, <laughs> I like that you call it a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a big, it's a very loaded question. Yes. Um, I mean, it's important though. I think uh, when it comes to how I feel about today's climbing culture, it can be like a um, a representation of culture in general. Um, and so it's it's everything, like it has everything. So I found some of my best friends and community through climbing, um, people I connect with, not just about climbing, but about what it means to be alive <laughs> and like create art and, uh, eat good food and love and go through heartbreak and um, <laughs> climbing brings us together and so climbing is phenomenal and uh, climbing culture can just be that it can be going to the gym before work or after work or if you freelance like me what is time and I just end <laughs> up at the gym <laughs> it can be a way of holding space for people um, and talking about things without talking about them. It's its own language. Um, it can, it has so much potential. And I think uh, what is cool is conversations are being had now that even when I started out weren't being had around gender and around, um, you know, race and around like, cycles of harm like how the climbing industry has tokenized people um misrepresented people mistold stories appropriated cultures um perpetuated toxic masculinity 
um, there's just a whole heap of nuance that I think the climbing industry can thank like culture at large for. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's been paying any attention, they've, they've like tuned in. Um, so gyms that are doing better or brands that are doing better or, you know, anyone who's doing better can thank like, like black and indigenous people. And then, you know, out from there for the work that they continue to do. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about culture in general is like, we're evolving and it's the best it's ever been. And that's mm -hmm. true. And then at the same time, we're still not always having like the appropriate conversations for who's not present or like whose land is this actually? And this isn't a climbing mm -hmm. area. <laughs> this used to be a sacred site <laughs> and that's so inappropriate that we're not talking about it. Um, or like this like, park, like specifically, you know, like, do you, like you're talking about something, uh, in your area? Like when you said, that? uh, well, there's like, I mean, the, <laughs> There's like the iconic chief in Squamish that everybody wants to climb all the time. And then they don't know anything about like the Squamish nation um, or what's like what's appropriate when you when you go there as a guest and like to mm -hmm. be a guest, you have to be invited. So everyone's uninvited. Um, yeah. And then in the States, the really like prominent example is Yosemite. Like. There's a park where there was a genocide and um, the story behind like where Color the Crag happened, like all of it ties into social justice, like um, reclamations and rewritings of history mm -hmm. that are just more accurate and actually representative of people. So what do I want to see happen is for the climbing industry to, to shift gears and whoever's been in a leadership position and holds power and privilege to take a back seat in ways that actually put the right people in charge, resourced, ready to lead. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to take a lot of courage. And so it's a challenge and it takes time. Like a lot of people immediately want to tell me that it takes time. And I know. Yeah, I know it does. But it's but worth it's, it. It's that's phenomenal first off. But like. I know exactly what you're saying about like, it takes time. Like I understand it takes time. Yes. But w what I have found in my approach and like creating change, which has been a very small level of just like getting, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking all the credit. I've had help. I had definitely had help. Um, but I wanted, uh, an LGBTQ like climbing group, uh, mm -hmm. like meetups basically that, you know, they had this thing called lady crushers at my gym that was every mm -hmm. Sunday at, at rotated at the different locations. And I was like, that'd be really cool if we had something like that here in Dallas or at Summit, basically, where we'd be able to go. And I found the only way that ever happened was by me going to them and asking them repeatedly for this to happen, to, to make space and to set aside time for an event for something like this to happen. And lots of support from other queer folks in the gym doing the same thing, you know, like the squeaky wheel, you know, gets the grease essentially hmm. like continuously making noise. So they know that you're still there because if you don't, then they're just kind of like, they have everything else going on at their gym, at their company. 
and they have a thousand things going on and the moment you disappear it's like they go back into autopilot basically on the way that they've been functioning to make things work for them the best way that they can to make that bottom line the biggest number possible <laughs> so um, yeah i mean i grew up in a family business i know it's hard to run a business yeah i also grew up in a family business of immigrants so i know it's hard to run a business <laughs> but i don't take not that this is what you're saying, but like yeah. the least people can do is be responsive when someone takes on the labor of showing them what they weren't seeing as a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's totally true. I guess I was just trying to echo the idea of like, I know it takes time, but mm -hmm. you still need to be vocal about it in the, the timely process. Because if you're not, then people are, are going to stop hearing it and they're going to stop, you know, caring essentially. Like someone who's you know a white cis climber if i don't i my idea and opinion first off is that if it's not something that they're constantly seeing or minded about they're going to forget about it because it doesn't affect them immediately it has no effect on them so they're going to go on about you know their lives and continuing on the way that they've been doing it basically um and i don't think it's until they have a conversation like this where they learn something and like oh well shit i didn't realize you know like there's things you said a while ago that i didn't even knew happened because i'm a someone with white privilege that has you know had life a lot easier than anyone else uh who's a person of color um so i didn't know about you know like what you said about this whole squamish culture and like there's like a climbing site there that you know used to be you know oh climbers just claim like uh a giant piece of rock as like yeah. and it's phenomenal it is a beautiful rock to climb but as like its own separate entity mm -hmm. from and like squamish the city the municipality versus the unceded territories of the squamish nation who are there yeah. thriving despite and it's just it's an interesting shift like how we talk about things it's an interesting mm -hmm. way of demonstrating like yeah how that matters it does matter, yeah. And it's just like the, the other part that I didn't realize was um, about the whole, um, you said in California, um, Yosemite. Like I didn't realize there was a whole massacre there that I had no idea about because I'm just uneducated about these things. Well, um, and it's also not in the movies that they make. It's not in where the people movies? Climb there. Like, which <laughs> like, movies? <laughs> I, like anyone you've ever seen where people are up and down El Cap and they're talking about how they grew up going to Yosemite, you know, as kids and that's yeah. all beautiful but like a shout out to the history of the lands you know and our like shared obligation to the history of the americas and um it just points to a culture shift in our obligations to each other mm -hmm. and how we are in fact obligated to each other this like individualism that we're all grown up to like pursue and feel entitled to and some are more su successful at it than others um that's that's pretty fucked up and alienates mm -hmm. us from each other so that we don't want to fuck up we don't want to get canceled we don't want to do it well what if we just like took care of each other instead i don't know yeah hold on my throat <laughs> is dry <gasps> oh i'm gonna do that too i should have timed that out better while you were still talking i was trying to like lean back from the microphone <laughs> no everyone hydrate please yeah okay everyone that's the, that's take a the psa for today and hydrate yourself today because right now, it's probably somewhere in the middle of summer. And if you're in Texas like me, it's going to get really hot. And you need to stay hydrated, everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had a really long debate about 
how if you're having coffee, do you need to drink water if there's water in your coffee? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard this debate about many other things as well, like alcohol. It's like, oh, there's water in here. So I'm I'm good. (laughs) I put ice cubes in my shots. So that's that. (laughs) That solves that problem. Uh, you can tell I don't drink because I was like ice cubes in my shots. I put, I was, yeah, I was like, ooh, like they are so fancy with their alcohol and in, intake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Again, I kind of lost the thread. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I I remember where we're at. Um, we were talking about some heavier things about climbing culture and everything, and you know what you know we can do to um improve yeah. it basically. I think ultimately I'd just like to see folks understand that there's an education that we were all kind of denied growing up, mm-hmm. that it's our responsibility to pursue now. And the the best time to start is now if it's not yeah. something. And that's so basically, just, go ahead, yeah, yeah. sorry. Oh, that's just um, like catching up on what yeah. already exists, Googling the right things and following the teachings of the right people. Um that's kind of what I would like to see climbing culture continue to do so that we can have mm-hmm. the the nuanced conversations as opposed to constantly trying to prove that like affinity spaces are necessary. That's like so 2018. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you say infinity spaces, like you're talking about like um, for like Blayall, right? Like something like that. Affinity space infinity- would be like a like group. A light group. So okay. the queer and trans night. Yeah. If just queer and trans people are present, yeah. everyone has a shared experience that like connects yeah. them in the space. So y- you kind of have an unspoken affinity yes. with people like an affection and, and I a, love you know, that. a camaraderie. That's, yeah. Yes. That's exactly what that is. Okay. So in here in Dallas, uh, the DFW area at the gyms we go to, they started um, uh, a BIPOC uh, climbing events basically after um, the Black Lives black lives matter movement got a lot of you know coverage last year after everything Mm -hmm. that happened with george floyd and everyone else um who was unnecessarily murdered by uh the police um and so they started doing that and there's a couple like facebook pages um here in the dallas area for climbing that um get posted to and um you know somebody was sharing um there's this girl who was sharing the link for the events on these pages to promote them to you know get people to come and like you said begin to educate yourself um if you know you aren't a member of this community you need to start to like educate yourself and like just listen to what these people are saying about their experiences climbing and like in the gyms or even outdoors um and to just be there and to understand what they're going through so you can begin to try to help them in any way you can. Um, and she was posting about it in these groups and constantly there was like a, a, a few, like three, like a three to four, like basically white cis dudes who would just come on and like hit the laugh react button on her sharing those, um, those events basically on the page because they don't, see a purpose for like why does it need you know why do we need this this thing um and just completely missing the point entirely of like seeing why we need these infinity spaces to to you know help educate so it's it's very it was very disheartening to see these things and to constantly see her go back and post about it again and just seeing these same dudes like 
um, you know, this like being complete asshole basically in front of everyone on that page and just like, yeah, like those are the people who need to be there basically the most and like listening and just shutting up in my opinion. And I got tired about it enough. And like, there was one time I just got really agitated and responded to try to stick up for her because she's basically just being called out by all these white dudes. And I was just like, Hey, I don't remember what I said, but I was just like, you need to just shut up and come to the event. If you're not like, if you're so resistant to it, why first off, ask yourself that question and then begin to like unpack these things, um, that have been basically forced on you since birth, apparently. Um, so yeah, I just, that just reminded me for someone used to the infinity spaces and how, vital those things are but it's just like so it sucks really bad that people are still like a majority of like you know old climbing culture is yet still um to get behind it there's still you know stragglers basically um even in my you know small like a little slice of climbing culture that people are still not um getting on board basically and wanting things to be equal or they, they say that they're equal, but they really aren't like, they just have their small, you know, very small mm -hmm. view of the world basically. And they're operating from that and just, yeah, don't know where I was going with that, but I just <laughs> felt like it needed to be said for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's um, something that I have to remind myself, like even as uh, like, even as a trans person, like one of the, um, one of my old friends, uh, from college, uh, uh, found out I was trans before I came out basically. Um, so it kind of, I got outed to him through social media. Um, and he just like reached out to me and was just like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And we had uh, a lunch together and, um, uh, he's, you know, uh, one of my old coworkers from college and we were good friends. He's a, you know, a uh, young black man and uh he was like well welcome to the club it was like one of the first things he told me after i you know i told him i was trans and i was just like what do you mean he goes well you're you know you're now now you're a minority and i was just like oh yeah no that's totally 100 percent spot on and just like realizing that in that moment and through also through like different like kind of like therapy sessions with my therapist where I, um, you know, learned about all of the male privilege I'd be losing and learning about, you know, the instances that, you know, I would start to feel unsafe in certain spaces or around certain people and have seen all of these things basically come true before my eyes in the last three years. Um, but I still have, you know, you know, I'm still white. There's nothing I can really do that's going to change that. So I still do have this white privilege um, from my history as well that I have to continually work on um, putting, you know, my opinion to the side and listening to what someone else has to say from their perspective so I can get a more holistic view and see how things are for other people. And I think that's been one of the best things for me in my transition is for sure is being able to hear other perspectives to understand how people are coping or how they're getting through you know their transition if they're already further along or something like it all 
comes together to community for me to be able to listen and to understand and be able to try to empathize with what other people have gone through um, and to just give them respect and support and love. Mm -hmm. Aw. Well, I'm glad you have access to people who can give you that and that you can turn around and afford the same to community and like no longer having the option or yeah, like we're taught growing up to like conform, conform to like X, Y, Z set of Mm -hmm. criteria. And if you come from whatever background, then this is how society like paints you and this is how you're supposed to be. And, um, if we dive divest diverge from that mm-hmm. um d word yeah <laughs> then <laughs> then then it puts a target on our backs and so we find each other and and there's empathy around that that's really healing it's also really sad that that's mm-hmm. the case um but turns out <laughs> there's a whole world outside of really fragile like you know masculinity and like fragile mm-hmm. fragile white supremacy and all of these systems and it's not about whether a person's good or bad it's about like a culture that brainwashes everybody into mm-hmm. not being themselves and into acting from a place of fear or scarcity um and i just like don't want that <laughs> yeah i think you just like said it all right there in like two words operating from fear and mm-hmm. scarcity like that's basically we've been so far divided for so long we've created this fear of the unknown from someone who's not like us and i mean all of that has been written about there's books and books on it like on on like the page like it's just become buzzwords that people can like paint across because it's been so long that it's just like actively ignored Mm-hmm. And that's what's unacceptable at this point. There's like, there is no need to add to the conversation around what these things are. There's literature <laughs> yeah, from so long ago up to today. But anyway, that sorry, that was a tangent. No, no, it's totally, it's like 100% valid and a very good point. It, 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 you're saying it, the work's already there. We're just not listening to it, basically. Particular people. <laughs> Partic- okay, yes, particular have people an option. where the <laughs> people to. with the money basically aren't listening because it's going to hurt their finances, basically. It all comes yeah, back or to people capitalism. who like, have internalized um, that and just like still maybe want to mm-hmm. conform. I don't know. Yeah. I'm too, I'm like, I really like being queer <laughs> <laughs> and like hanging out with other queers. So yeah, for me, it's not really an option. But yeah. it's also, it, t- it takes privilege. Like, my parents didn't have the same privilege as me to, like, pursue mm-hmm. the depths of their identities. And there's been times in my life I've had to put it on hold because shit at the fan. So mm-hmm. it's it's cyclical. It's not necessarily linear, any of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this kind of, like, comes back from our last question. And it's, uh, have you come across any... um hardships um as a member of the lgbtq uh community as a non-binary person or as an iranian person like have you um like what hardships have you come across and if you have like i think you told me on our initial call that you have and then if so like 
are you willing to share, you know, any of those experiences? Um, yeah, it's always tricky. Like, it feels weird to like search through my mental archives for like examples of, of either microaggressions or like trauma. But I also understand how like painting a picture for people who otherwise just don't see it because they don't know. Exactly. Um, is like good for helping educate folks and bringing them them along um the gender piece is interesting like i identify as non-binary i use they them pronouns but also i find the conversation around pronouns really limiting um i want to use they them pronouns when i first meet people because it creates like an intentional pause and they don't just peg me for like a cis woman because i have long hair and sometimes i'm more femme presenting um you know and that doesn't mean that I don't also feel like a woman and that I don't also enjoy mm -hmm. hearing myself referred to as she, knowing that people can carry some of that nuance for me and carrying it all the time by myself. Um, might not seem like much, but it's it adds up because it's literally every day of your life out in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And then also wanting more, like wanting more language, wanting better language, wanting us to like, like being ready and then just kind of waiting for society to catch up and these conversations to catch up because my communities are, are like, you know, pretty good about holding space for this nuance and we're working on it. But like I get misgendered at the gym every day, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, um, I thought it was fine because in my head I was like, oh, she's good because you also that like includes you include that for yourself technically. Uh, but it's not the same. It's not like someone actually holding your identity with care. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like one one example. I'm also someone who like knows that if I'm around a group of dudes and I like take my hair down, <laughs> I have long hair, <laughs> then I, I like, they like listen to me when I'm talking <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> if my hair is up in a bun. And that might seem ridiculous. And it's because it is. <laughs> so I always case. keep my hair in a bun at the gym. Yeah. Or, and like, you know, my family's Muslim. And like, just having, you know, the, the conversation around like being queer and culturally Muslim. My Muslim identity is like invisible um, in my, my writing, like my online persona. Um, because it too has nuance. And so I don't really appreciate that there's like space for that in the conversation if folks still aren't getting my pronouns right um or they still refer to like the middle east and we're not having the conversation about how that's a problematic term or um other ways are like the amount of time like you and i were talking earlier that it just takes to like prove the necessity of something mm -hmm. that just shouldn't be a question anymore yeah. and certain things are just textbook like, if an organization is white-founded, it's going to be racist. And, like, how can we just go through this checklist <laughs> and start, like, making changes? Mm -hmm. And who does that? And, uh, like, it's not it's not that simple. And I think people, like, kind of want to come at me for just speaking and, like, the tone that I often speak. I get tone policed a lot. Um, so it's... It's tricky, but I think honestly, like the hardest thing, all of that is, is like par for the course, but the hardest thing is just seeing the effects in people that I love. And I've like, like, 
I've like lost relationships and I've lost people really close to me and like climbing again, like climbing's great and it's transformative, but like queer people like literally lose people. Like it's yeah. a pandemic. I could give a fuck about climbing. Like people are, mm-hmm. people are dying and not just from COVID like queer communities. We're losing each other. Like we're losing family and friends and I'm at the climbing gym and somebody is like, misgendering me but it really makes me think about how like two days prior you know we had to intervene in like someone's crisis and where I live housing is really insecure for queer community and and there's just an ask for white cis people to understand that I might it might seem like I'm talking about climbing but I'm never talking about climbing I'm talking about Mm -hmm. systems that are hurting people that I love. And that's, that's how we prevent like the apocalypse. And we didn't do a very good job of that. And so now that it is the apocalypse, let's do better. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I take naps. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, that totally makes sense because like, I ask the I now I see like the fault in this question as I ask it in a very specific way about climbing, but you're right it doesn't just the problems that people face um, who are you know LGBTQ plus or um, uh, BIPOC or any other you know my minority they'll face it in climbing, but they'll also face it outside of climbing and like everywhere else in their life. So it's Mm -hmm. a very, now I'm seeing it. It's a very limited question basically in the way that I ask it. So it's very important for the language to be correct. So thank you for helping me see that. Um, Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm glad that that came through. I think like I didn't, that wasn't, um, that was like unconscious for me too, but I think it is, it is inevitable. Like, yeah. All these things just tie in everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you look so thoughtful right now. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm really sad because I'm thinking about like, you know, like talking about like losing, you know, like, cause like, yeah, I've lost people for, you know, transitioning in my life and moving forward with being myself. Like, yeah, like you lose people along the way and that sucks a lot. Um, and it's very painful. Um, some people are fortunate where they don't lose much. Uh, and then some people are just like, you know, have, you know, the worst, you know, lost story um, that you can think of. Like, like when I meet other, specifically when I meet other trans women, like I mm-hmm. just um, had dinner with um, the other, you know, trans woman I met at the gym not too long ago and we just sat there and like she was like okay so are we gonna are we gonna swap origin stories here (laughs) and just like basically tell our whole like coming out slash beginning transition story because it's just so common um for trans folks to have to go through so much shit to be who they are um talk about a late bloomer (laughs) yeah like really honestly like i really need that group down here like stat um but yeah it just 
dang it, it just it was in my head and it just disappeared. But what you're saying about you know being misgendered in the gym, like God, like I can't count the number of times because uh, I started climbing uh, 2019, a year into my transition, and I still had like way too much facial hair on my face because my hair is very dark so it was just like coming through even after i would shave or something you would still see it there so i started climbing with um lots of splotchiness on my face and and people just just read that as not yeah just not passing basically um in the worlds of trans folks just 100 percent not passing all the time and because i wasn't about to like put makeup on to go into a gym it just doesn't make sense um that's and not so, a you yeah. problem. That's a them problem. It, exactly. It's 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 on somebody else who doesn't understand basically because they're not educated. Um, and like now, the longer I've been transitioning, I like have had you know laser work done to get rid of like most of the facial hair. Um, and when I was climbing in the gym, I didn't really like before COVID hit. I didn't really. I was had basically cleared it all out, and I had thought you know like okay like before I open my mouth. I would consider myself to be somewhat passing um, mm. my opinion of myself basically um, before COVID hit last year. And um, because I'm really, um, my voice is the one thing that I, that I feel that automatically kind of clocks me to um, cis folks basically. And that when they hear these speak, basically they just know I'm trans instantly, which bums me out. And I try not to be too hard on myself about it. Um, but that's just kind of where I'm at. And it gets like even now i'm wearing a mask climbing in the gym like i was just at my gym last night and i actually went on a date and took this girl climbing for the first time which i love to do i love to take people on dates climbing Mm -hmm. because it's just like here's the perfect audition test to see if this is a good (laughs) this is a good fit like are you going to want to go to the gym with me or not (laughs) um and one of the employees who was leading this uh, orientation for her um i was trying to tell him that you know i understood what he was doing that i could help and like be her belay partner or whatever um for orientation and he was just like like said something and referred to me as he and like i was just like really you had to do this uh, like now what's it gonna take <laughs> like yeah like i'm like wearing like basically rainbow leggings and like a tank top and like and my hair yeah. is like pulled back in a ponytail, whatever. Like, what more do you need to see? Like, just going well, off my voice like, now. Like, why do people assume? Yeah, anyway? I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I was just like, she. I said she like four times before you finally heard me, because some for some reason, like especially in the beginning of my transition, I hated correcting people. Like, I had the hardest time with confrontation. So trying to correct people yeah. for my pronouns was so hard for me. Um, but I realized if I didn't start in the beginning, it would become a habit for them and they would just keep doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I found it important to be able to detach myself from my emotions and correct people and move forward, which is hard as hell. Um, it takes a toll. And then it does. But with COVID happened, I got used to not doing it. And then coming back after COVID, it started happening again. And I'm just like, I'm having to relearn this skill and I hate that. Wouldn't it be nice if people educated themselves so that you didn't have to correct them because they didn't assume in the first place, A, what any gender looks like. Mm-hmm. That's inappropriate. And there's no B. That's it. Don't assume. Yeah. Just don't assume, y'all. We'll be good. But 
yeah, I don't know. I just, I found the experience of the gym has been overall good with just some like, you know, shitty experiences here and here and there. Um, and it's not the whole experience. It's just, you know, a few random folks. Um, but yeah. I can't yeah, wait for queer to just be the default. Yeah. It's just like politically, everything should be <laughs> politically queer. That's yeah. my thesis for today. Yes. I, I don't think anyone like I, for me, <laughs> queerness is like, it's an identity and there's people's sexual orientations and like, beauty do you but then also like the answer to like toxic hetero culture and like normativity is to just queer everything like queer is a verb and and it, it freaks people out but like yeah it's just all it means is paying attention to nuance and like being like fluid and adaptive and thoughtful and trauma informed um mm. which trauma for the most informed. part is what queer, like queer community does yeah mm-hmm. like we heal us <laughs> and hold space for our stories and embodied trauma and not to like go ahead and paint all queer folks as super traumatized but a queer identity is 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 like a practice of holding space and being thoughtful and not just perpetuating some like bullshit norm, like how we are supposed to be in the world, how we're supposed to love in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so now I'm just curious um, about kind of your background and how you came to figuring out, you know, being non-binary i'm just always curious to hear from other people what their experience has been sure i mean it was pretty funny because like i knew i was gay Ooh, sorry hang on <laughs> i had to readjust that's the problem with the gay we just can't sit straight we can't sit i cannot <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> i know i could never sit still um i knew i was gay really young I was like 14 and just like didn't think because my only knowledge of what gay people were supposed to look like, like lesbians was (laughs) you can't be above a certain height apparently. (laughs) And then you have to have short hair (laughs) and you have to have an armband tattoo. (laughs) And I was none of those things. So the first person (laughs) I ever came out to was my high school English teacher. And I honestly believed that she was going to tell me I wasn't like, I wasn't allowed. Because I didn't look the part and I was already too tall. <laughs> she didn't say that. She said, okay, um, here's some pamphlets and I'm here for you. <laughs> Don't rush into Aww. anything. Yeah. Um, and she just kind of became like my stand-in, like auntie. And we're, we're mm-hmm. still friends. Um, and I now she's a that. best-selling author and is like crushing it. Really? Um, yeah, shout so out Tanya Bateju. Cool. Just okay. released her second YA novel called Bruised about queer What's roller derby. Oh my god! What's her name again? Tanya Bateju. Oh my goodness! So I had mm-hmm. a, a professor in college, uh, and her name is Tanya as well. <gasps> and she was uh, like, I wasn't out at that point, but like her and I have connected afterwards. So I just love that we both have uh, professors. Uh, Tanya's in our Tanya's. Lives? Yeah, a bunch of Tanyas <laughs> that are awesome um, um, and doing cool shit, um, mm-hmm. like selling books that are 
um, about queer folks. So that's, that's yeah, awesome. and queer folks of color and just queer yes. youth. Ugh. it's oh like the, God, she just wrote the books that we both needed and didn't have. And like the funny thing is, like also sim, like I just like to see similarities and call them out. Um, uh, my high school, like my senior English teacher. Uh, like I said, I wasn't out yet, but we've connected since then through Facebook and whatnot um, when I'm, like, posting queer stuff um, about myself. Um, like, her, uh, so yeah, she was my English teacher, and her and I were really close because, like, she created this whole, basically, period for me to be her assistant um, because she was in charge of, like, the UIL, Aww. like, thing in the school. And so, yeah. like, I had this whole period to just, like, sit and like not do a whole lot like i did like a couple days of work that whole semester the rest of it was just me just chilling in her class and going to the different lunches and stuff but she was such a good like yeah like she just got me basically without really getting me and was able to um you know support me i guess unknowingly i don't know it's so weird like high school english teachers are just like some of the best um support like people like i think of instantly my mind goes to um uh the book uh the perks of being wallflower and i think about Mm -hmm. um yeah his high school teacher in that book and how supportive he was and yeah that's Um, just so good i'll actually answer your question though (laughs) i love (laughs) interrupted no 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 um that was like the starting off point and also uh-huh. a yes to all the tanyas and yes to all the english teachers um thank you for <laughs> being the best um but that that it's funny because i went through that and then came out i was already out but i came out to my family when i was like 22 and it took some time um we're in a pretty good place now i'm like almost 30 um but my my gender kind of took a, a back a backseat um and i think i just needed time like i needed time to explore queerness beyond like whiteness and beyond like white feminism and what that meant and um also my my race and like being a racialized person and what that meant because i hadn't mm-hmm. i was so in the closet that i didn't really have time to understand what it meant for me to grow up racialized um and and then I also think it really took a trip to to Iran in 2019. I was there for the first time ever. I was 27. I went with my partner. Um and I just have a feeling that my gender expression is like inherently tied to being an Iranian person. Mm-hmm. And I think and you know, I won't speak for all Iranians, but I think my Iranian identity is just really queer. Um and for me, the best I can think of right now is to claim non-binary as an identity. And I still went through non-binary puberty and thought that I wasn't non-binary enough and that I don't have an androgynous <laughs> wardrobe and like like the perfect shoes to match my like perfectly pleated trousers with like a button down <laughs> shirt that like makes my silhouette ambiguous and whatever. Like I would wear that outfit, but um, I also, just needed to like shed more layers and so it took Mm -hmm. me until the end of my 20s to really embrace and sort of feel like I was faking it until I realized that I was doing it again where Mm -hmm. non-binary is like whatever I want it to be to the point that an Instagram account wanted to shout me out as on their like account um 
for something to do with climbing and, and being queer. And then they were like, oh, but it's for women. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> and they were like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's just not the whole story. And I was yeah. socialized that way. So it's probably going to take me the rest of my life to like tap into my, like the rest of me. And that's cool too. <laughs> All in like yeah. Instagram DMs. And they were like, great, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it might change no, again. I, I don't know. But yeah, it's like uh, evolving. That's that's definitely something I realized um, as a trans person um, is like, at least for me and like my like transition whatnot and like the beginning of everything. Like, I I bet you've had a similar kind of maybe fuel experience. But like, for me in the beginning of my transition, it was very important for me. I felt like I was making up for lost time, basically, in terms of like trying to uh have my gender presentation be more to be to be femme um that's real and it was like i was like trying to prove to everyone else that i was a woman that i am you know that i'm a woman basically and i was so obsessed with like trying to force this image that has been built into my head by you know society and their culture and what we see in advertising and everything that I needed to be this certain size. I needed to be this certain look to pass yeah. <laughs> um, to everyone. And then the further along into my transition, I just like, you know, I'm so grateful for my non-binary friends uh, or gender non-conforming or however that, you know, you identify for being able to show me that gender is a construct. Like mm. everything is constructed and man-made to basically sell something at a store <laughs> um and ah, but that's such missed potential too it there is missed potential yes but like it, it it actually helped me understand the the things that i've been taught and to be able to break it down to the point and say look yes gender is constructed but it's also important for people like for a lot of trans women 100%. it's highly important yep. to be you know, 100% feminine, 100% this all the time. But I was able to kind of see that and be able to actually feel more feminine without having to like force any type of certain clothing that need that I would need to present, you know, as like more feminine. I can just be myself and comfortable and 100% confident in who I am as a woman, as a trans woman in my experience and not have to rely on other people's opinions and how I look to to be yeah absolutely a woman yeah and like who's who are you doing it for exactly and like, no thanks for for sharing that like someone asked me recently like do you identify as trans and I said yeah and I didn't really hesitate and that's like relatively new for me too and the way that I would express that is to say sometimes I feel transcendent and sometimes I feel transient in my gender um and i think it's important to 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 keep like blurring these lines and challenging people to understand gender as an expression mm-hmm. and that what people really want to do is categorize us yeah they just want to have a box basically basically and be to, they just want to like that's what i think it's because the way our minds and our brains operate we like to organize things in a certain way mm-hmm. and our brains are like fixated on like putting people with a label basically so they can, you know, I think helps them remember things a certain way. Um, but, but it what also we put on the forms? gets, 
<laughs> yeah, what are we going to put in that box? Um, you're going to need a lot more boxes. That's what I'll say. We're going to need a bigger um, bigger mm. piece of paper with more boxes, basically. If you mm-hmm. need to, to label it all, then prepare for more labels, people. Um, yeah. Um, I Okay, there's one question. Uh, one more question that I have for you, and then I was just going to open up for you for anything else that sure. you think that we haven't talked about. But... One thing that someone just told me, just, I was just like talking to people about the podcast and trying to get ideas for trying to keep it fresh for me and for, for everyone else. Um, a good question that I, uh, I think, um, it's from another podcast, but I can't remember. I'm trying to give credit, but I'm missing it and I can't remember. I'll try to put it in the show notes then, but basically it's, you know, if you could go back and tell yourself, you know, young nana you know mm-hmm. young before coming out and everything if you could go back in time and you know tell her something what would you or tell them something um sorry if you could tell them something what would you say uh i think she was done with her or it wasn't even yeah conscious wasn't even aware time. then but yeah. i realize now i'm addressing you so yeah. i want to be blessed i think we're we're friends now and i i'll okay. accept she her pronouns from you um also i just told you we're friends now so i hope that's okay <laughs> yes. with your consent awesome yes consent's um, very important everybody that yeah also i'll, I'll second <laughs> that psa um i've been thinking about this recently uh also i think starting a new sport has has gotten me thinking about what 14 year old or 13 12 10 year old nano would like think about me and maybe it's because I'm about to turn 30 and you know there's been like a seismic shift in the the way we're living our lives but um I think I would tell like her that like she already has all of the tools that she's gonna need and that like her inner compass is what matters most and she she had a good idea about that at the time, but there weren't that many people around her affirming it. Like mm-hmm. I would say maybe one or two chosen family kind of were who, who I latched onto really young. And if I'd had maybe like a few more people just validating that like you're allowed to be that way in the world. Um, and honestly, people are going to turn around and, and actually be impressed by it. <laughs> then like she would have lost her her little her brain would have exploded um (laughs) and and that like it's it's gonna be a slow burn you know Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna get exactly where you want to go just you don't need to rush anything and just like just sit with all the feelings (laughs) you're gonna Mm. have so many feelings Oh my gosh. <laughs> so accurate. That's uh that's such a good answer. And like <laughs> what stood out to me in that for for me was like the um like trust yourself. Yeah. Like listen to your intuition. Like I'm reading a book right now um that just talked about that basically where it's like we grow up as kids with an intuition and then as we grow up we learn to not trust our own intuition. And, like, we're, like, completely, like, taught from our upbringing to not trust ourselves. 
and then we get to be 27, you know, 28, 29 years old, and you're real because like that's I transition like at 28 basically, and you're talking about you know late 20s basically like there's I, I've I've heard other people say like too and like there's something also in the um kind of um astrological like is it your saturn system. return i i don't know what it is honestly i'm not edgy i'm not that good of a gay yet i'm, I'm learning I'm oh my god I'm lo- <laughs> i fucking love that you just said that i am also trying to be a better gay and know my yeah. astrology <laughs> and date like really, strictly like- according to my astrology <laughs> Save myself but some there's time. like some type of I think I think you're right maybe it's Saturn returns or something of like when you hit like 27 to 29 or whatever like there's uh-huh. like a major shift mm-hmm. in your life basically mm-hmm. um, and then like also there's like the whole like kind of gathered data that you know you're still growing up into your late 20s and you kind of define who you are at the end of your 20s basically is like kind of define you who you are as a person so like I, I definitely empathize and understand 100% that you know, for me, it was like I lost my sense of trust with myself years back as a kid, and I had no idea that it was gone, and I had to rebuild that, basically. Um, but it's just so interesting to see the, the... I just always am baffled by the similarities, basically, and seeing, um, yeah, like, you know, just telling yourself to listen to your gut, basically. Queer youth are magic. Is, they're magic like a queer like they just are they already Um, have everything (laughs) yeah no that's perfect um yeah that was a i love that question i can't wait to ask somebody else that question now perfect um but yeah is there anything that we did not get to discuss or talk about um that you wanted to, to to talk about or i guess i didn't really talk about anything uh for belay all like what you're up to now basically like you told me kind of how it got started but i want to kind of get an update where we can wrap things up on and hear about you know what you're doing now um and then you know plug cool oh uh, thank you um belay all just wrapped a series of workshops um with a grant from climbing canada for gender equity. Uh, and so we did a training workshop, a mobility workshop, and a route setting workshop. That was the first ever route setting workshop um, to happen that was open to the public uh, in collaboration with the Hive Bouldering Gym um, here in Vancouver. And spots were super limited. We could have four in the training workshop and the route setting workshop. Mm-hmm. So that's eight people total. And then 15 in a digital mobility workshop. We had over 80 people apply in like two short rounds of applications um, wow. and then the data from all of those is gonna hopefully help push for more programming that prioritizes mm-hmm. equity and and like what that looked like was we took the applicants and then like black and indigenous people to the front queer trans black indigenous people and then qt bipoc or sorry qt poc and then um queer folks and like Mm -hmm. reverse engineer how to hold space and uh all of that just led to some really beautiful workshops and the teachers were also from the community um they got the grant paid those folks and Mm -hmm. um we're back in lockdown in vancouver and so right now belay all is just in solidarity with 
everyone being safe and mm-hmm. our programming for the next like this month and the next month is likely going to be canceled like anything that we were going to host outside i might try and organize some things online um and yeah staying tuned things are kind of on pause which is a downer but um it's i don't know i'm still excited to like have belay all be like at least a digital gathering space where people Mm -hmm. can can connect um and yeah focus on on launching like the the website Mm -hmm. and broadening it that way things that i haven't really had time to do so this is like yeah less of a promo (laughs) more of like a insight into the back end running it yeah mostly by myself right now i because i didn't know y'all were you were in lockdown again so i yeah um i and like it's cool that you're talking about wanting to have a digital space at least for belay all because i know how important community is in lockdown like yeah especially last year when it hit the first time it was one of the most important things that kept me going basically was having a digital community of people even if it wasn't climbing related it was you know queer related and that was so vital and my mental health along with lots of other people that I talked to. Um, so I'm really glad that you're focusing on helping yourself and other people get through another lockdown. Cheers. Um, well, I'm grateful for the space. other communities too. Ooh, sorry. I interrupted you. No, you're totally good. <laughs> um, I, was, I was done. Yeah. That's why I'm grateful for these other communities too. Cause it doesn't have to be climbing like Belial operates from a set of core values and then uses climbing as a vehicle. Um, and so, I still feel like Belayal is now a skateboarding group. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I, you know, I have members seeing videos of me skateboarding wanting to know because turns out these like queer trans and like racialized folks maybe also wanted to skateboard as kids just like they wanted to climb and felt like it wasn't Mm -hmm. for them. And there's phenomenal people here doing work like uh, Judy Cassiama from Color of the Trails who partners with late bloomers. And then there's Maya Antone from Indigenous Women Outdoors. There's Erin Kilpin from Indigenous Women Climb. Um, so even if Belayal isn't like running a meetup, like it's we're still in conversation with each other as a community. And then we're in conversation with other grassroots groups to hold space for each other in ways like the industry can't or won't mm-hmm. or isn't yet. Um, yeah, isn't able to because yeah. they're so weighed down by all the corporate side of it that they're not able to be as nimble and like yeah. fast and reactive as a grassroots kind of company is yeah which isn't which isn't to like buy like to like give them a pass or anything it's just but like, no but some of them are really struggling because they're yeah. very beholden to the economy and the way the pandemic's taking a hit i don't want to see any of the gyms go out of business i don't want that for anyone um yeah. and so that's that's really hard right now yeah but belayals we're around I'm around. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some things That's are on so hold. Cool. Meetups are on hold, but the conversations are still happening. It's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope that it's not long before y'all's lockdown is lifted so y'all can have another meetup here soon or whenever it happens. I hope it's on the sooner side rather than the later side. Me too. Um, but yeah, was there anything else that um, you wanted to talk about or ask me if there's anything that you wanted to go over before we wrapped up? Mm, not particularly. I 
just want to yeah, say no, thank you is, for having me. <laughs> this is of really, course. really sweet and like um, a deep dive into into climbing and things that I love talking about. Yeah. Yes. I'm just I'm Agreed. I'm very honored to have been asked. Perfect. Well, <laughs> I I always feel so great whenever people responded back and we're just like, yeah, it was it was like the opposite of what I originally thought would happen. Like I, I sent out a bunch of messages and was hoping to get a couple of them and I got back like almost all of them. So it was a very honoring uh, process for me as well to like have responses from you and like everyone else basically. So yes, thank you. Um, it's just a whole thankful process for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, thank you Nana so much uh, for the conversation. I enjoyed it um, and I hope you did as well um and yeah hopefully um eventually when i get my passport um because that's like the last piece of my uh like whole transition is like getting a passport and i've kind of just been dreading the process because it's just super long and complicated um but when i do have my passport and like you know people in the u.s are able to start traveling to canada again (laughs) definitely want to come up there and climb with you up there i Uh, would love that Yes. Yes, please. And, you know, (laughs) obviously it's a new world order, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. navigating it, um, I hope to be able to offer folks, you know, a space to stay again. Yeah. Invite community into my home. That's what I love doing. So, yeah. And then if you're ever in Texas uh, for some reason, you let me know. (laughs) I like the for some reason to see you. (laughs) For some reason, if you're ever in Texas, besides. Yeah um yeah i would love to take you at least to my gym and then um to maybe something uh close by when i'm a little bit more better uh oriented with uh close by climbing um but yes awesome i love this i love this idea for us it's perfect (laughs) um uh but yeah okay thank you so much nana for uh your time and thank you everything you had to say it was very very uh educational for me at least and i'm sure some other people will get something out of it as well Cool. Oh, well, thank you again. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got just as much as I did out of that conversation with Naniheed. And uh, if you liked it, yeah, be sure to go leave a comment. I love getting to see y'all's feedback and just hear what you got out of out of the episode uh so yeah comment follow subscribe like share this with your family share this with your chosen family share this with your friends and thank you for being here and if you're not suffering are you really even sending it all